Pints and Pies podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Pints and Pies podcast. Pints and Pies. We're just a two-man band. Hello. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I am the one Dan band, Danielle Radford, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the one, two, three calc, Lindsay Kelk. Hello. Hello. I've been called so much worse, but not much, much worse, but some worse. Uh, Pod Dad is out today, uh, but we will be talking some hell in the cell. It did happen last week. Uh, what we didn't know was that it was going to become all week. Uh, are, we, are we still in Hell in a Cell, Lindsay? I feel all like we hell, never left. All hell, all cell, 24-7, 365, baby. Baby. That's where we live now. We live in the cell. This is the cell. Everything <laughs> is the cell. I mean, just, but just the cell or a cell? I mean, it's so confusing with the, def- uh, the definite article. Like, make up your minds, guys. Is it a cell? Are there more cells? I gotta know. Is it the cell? Is it the royal we cell? We'll never know. (laughs) So we did get the cell on Friday, Sunday, and Monday. It got Saturday off. That was nice. (laughs) That was nice. The cell gets a day off. Remember the Sabbath and keep the cell holy. (laughs) (laughs) What stood out to you through our four match journey through hell and back? It was fine, right? Like it was fine. I mean, the Bianca Bailey and then send me home. Honestly... Honestly, that's how I, I mean, if you, if you want to know how I really feel, that's how I really feel. Um, Roman beat Ray. That was a sell. Um, and then there was a Bianca Bailey, which was all we needed actually for the entirety of time. Yeah. yeah Bobby Drew, we'll get to that. And Bobby Woods. I, I, I don't like to see my sweet baby Woods get mashed into cells because I love him and I need his pretty face on my phone on up up down down all of the time yeah and on the g4 but also on the g4 (laughs) and up up down downs and all of the other things that i need my woods for love to see him getting singles love we love that yes for sure but i want to know what you felt about the hells in the cells or the cell or a cell the cell has a better union why is the cell better unionized than the workers if he's getting saturday (laughs) off like what the cell has representation the cell doesn't have to do dark matches that's the thing no (laughs) <laughs> no, no dark match for the cell. I feel the same way. Like it was, you know, Roman beating Rey Mysterio and the Happy Father's Day will always. Roman <laughs> is just doing the work of his life right now. Um, yes, truly. Truly doing the work of his life. Um, Bianca Bailey, I agree. Like Bianca Bailey was the highlight of that match. All of the good work, all of the good work with Bianca's hair and the tying of it in places. The fact that she manages to keep that fucking ponytail on every week. Oh, look at this! Bianca powering Bailey up! Bianca with the the KOD! The kiss of death on the ladder! Cover by Belair! Under the leg! Bianca retains! I saw um, Darnell mentioned on Twitter about her makeup also, how it's unfair that she's got to stop coming out of these matches looking incredible. Like she goes out looking better than she came in. What <laughs> is she putting on her face? I have to know. Yeah, She what's... liked a tweet of mine about her lipstick once, but did she give up the details? No, she did not. No, yeah, what setting not. spray is that? What, what I need to, is she, it's a Jackie Ina shit? Like I, I need to know. I think it's Gorilla Glue. I think she spoke to that girl <laughs> and she was like, let's chat. 
because it doesn't move. You look at Charlotte at the beginning of a match and she looks incredible. And then you look at Charlotte at the end of a match and she still looks incredible, but her hair and makeup are busted. Wide open, wide open. You look at Bianca, she literally looks like she's on her way out. She's like, oh, I have to be somewhere actually. And, and I had to look nice, so. Yeah, doing a photo shoot in my gear. Oh, I'm just a little flushed. She yeah. looks Ooh, like she just like- cheeks. Like she had to jog for a second. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm running a little bit late. Like that's. Yeah, I ran from the car. (laughs) My very nice car. Yeah, she's, it was amazing. I I was really surprised. I was actually a little anxious. I thought Bailey might get the win. I love the two of them together. I think their chemistry only gets better. You can see the trust that they have built up between them now that I think. Like, it doesn't even make me mad when she touches her hair now. Because I'm like, I know I know a conversation was had. And I know it's part of their <laughs> thing now. And I know she trusts Bailey to touch her hair. And I know she uses her hair. Bailey uses her hair. The hair is a character in the story, which it should be. Yes. Just look at it. Loves it. Loves that. Yeah, no, I had a really good time with that match. I mean, I agree with you. It's it's like uh, people say about New York in, uh, in movies and in television. The hair really was the third character in that story. <laughs> it was the Samantha to, uh, <laughs> to the Carrie. It really yes. was. It won't be the same without it. <laughs> They're going to try, though. Not the They're hair. They know try. better. Uh, but that <laughs> Sex in the City reboot. Woo, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, was there anything else in the pay-per-view that really stood out? We had Seth beating Cesaro via a roll-up. Yes, hate that. We hate that. That's what we hate. Um, sorry, I, I was wearing. I I recovered my Cesaro t-shirt from storage. I have a, <laughs> an underbed storage box full of wrestling t-shirts that actually burst, literally split at the seams because I'm a monster <laughs> and I have too many. And I had to take a couple out. And I was like, I'm gonna wear my Cesaro shirt all the time because I love him. So I was wearing it. I never want to see Cesaro lose a wrestling match. It was the same with the Roman match. I'm like, he's the best wrestler. Pound for pound, the strongest. I I don't know if you know this, but pound for pound, he's the strongest man on the roster. I'd heard that. There are two things. Two things that we know to be true is that the apron is the hardest part of the ring. Yes. And pound for pound, Cesaro is the strongest wrestler on the roster. Yes, this is true. And I feel like I didn't like seeing him just lose. And I don't want to talk about Alexa Shayna ever. Thanks. I have to. I I know. Because... I was so incredibly disappointed. It was just a match. We, like Tyra, were rooting for them. We were rooting for you. I felt like they made fools of you and I, Danielle. They made fools of you and I. They really did. I, I, I told, I wanted think pieces. I wanted everyone talking about (laughs) it and it just became a match. Didn't even see the doll. Didn't even see the creepy doll. Where was, where was Lily? Yeah, they were, they were like, Lily was grounded. Lily is a fucking doll. You can bring out Lily at any time. Lily's not a real person. Lily's not Dominic where he can get grounded from wrestling. Like right, exactly. Even Uncle Vince can't ground Lily. She's a dolly. She's a dolly. Yeah, that was uh incredibly disappointing for me. I I wanted mayhem and I wanted something crazy and all we got was an okay wrestling match. Yeah, not great. What else happened on the card? We got Sammy Kevin. Oh, we got oh, Sammy sorry. Kevin. I'm shouting no. at you because I'm excited about I was excited about that one and it was great. So Sammy Kevin, they're always going to put on a clinic. Like it's always going to be a good match. And that's one where I genuinely do feel fight forever. I never get burnt yes. out on Sammy and Kevin. And you would think 
after a million years of them just doing Sammy and Kevin that you would start to get over it. Nope, never going to be over it. It's like Sasha Bailey. Like, I'm never going to be over it. It's fine. Give it to me whenever you want. And it always feels a little bit like they might kill each other because they love each other so much. Um, And I I just never don't feel that. That was the only match, honestly, that I was sad wasn't in a cell. Give me Kevin and Sammy in a cell because they will fuck it up. And I would like to see that. And then Rhea Ripley looking... Whew, Rhea Ripley yeah. just... I always. Mean, yeah. Every day. Just always every day. I was pleased. You know, sometimes those kind of like DQs to get out of um, a championship match are... Champion's advantage. Yeah, like sometimes it. I find it a little bit irritating, but for this one, like it just made sense. It made sense with her character. Get yourself disqualified, do some ass kicking, yep. and then get the fuck out of the ring. The one moment, and I almost put this over, but I put Rhea over so often <laughs> I was like, you just shouldn't. Uh, I, there was one moment where it was the end of the match and Rhea was leaving with her belt and Charlotte was in the ring and Charlotte shouted, you're learning at her. And I was like, oh, mm. oh, this is how we do this. This mm. is how we continue to build their master's student relationship where it's suddenly the student is playing the champion's advantage card on the master because they've done such a big job of reinforcing that Rhea's the newbie, Rhea's the newbie, Rhea's the newbie, she's the rookie. And now it's like, oh, now we get to see her transition into a more knowing, sneaky champion who really wants to keep her belt. You're learning, bitch. You're learning. But is it time for her to lose it at SummerSlam? Maybe it is, because she's had it since Mania. I'm not mad if she loses it after retaining. Mm. I just needed her to retain at a pay-per-view, like a real one. Yes, yeah. Not like a backlash or like a fast lane or a... I'll take a hell in a cell. I'll take Or I would have accepted a great balls of fire. I would have accepted a great balls of fire. But it's fine. Oh, remember the floating pay-per-views? So exhausting. So now we're going to get to NXT. We've got Michael... Malcolm Bivens is back on our TV. Michael. Malcolm Bivens is back on our TV (laughs) with his new faction, The Diamond Mind. Uh, Roderick Strong, Tyler Rust, uh, Hideki Suzuki. What did you think about the diamond mine coming out? I liked Roddy's hair, firstly. Mm. Uh, I do want to say that. It was pretty funny because me and Jeff were watching it and the entire episode, I know I make Poochie references too often, but all (laughs) the episode, Jeff kept being like, where's Roddy? Where did Roddy go? What's Roddy been up to? We should be talking about Roddy. When Roddy's not on the screen, the character should be asking where Roddy might be. I am all in on diamond mine. The only thing I don't care for is the increase in factions, because I I may have mentioned this, I'm not necessarily pro-mega factions, like too many factions. Um, But this, you know, Bivens already existed. Bivens building a sable doesn't make me mad, because I think he's so great, and he's looking good in his suits. Again, Mm. another shout out to Donnell, two for episode minimum. Um, (laughs) I, yeah, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I could see... Roddy crushing that cruiserweight championship. I'm not mad about that in the slightest. Uh, And the idea of having him working with Bivens, like show me those promos, please. Show me Roderick Strong and Malcolm Bivens screaming into the camera. I want that. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was very excited for that. We love a Malcolm Bivens on the show. I guess maybe it takes me back to when I first started watching wrestling. I don't mind a lot of factions because I think I feel like when I first started, everyone was in a faction except for like Stone Cold. Yeah. And that's when I wasn't watching it. So to me, I'm like enough with the factions already, which but I totally understand why other people love it. I just don't I don't love to see one thing happen on one show and then see it happen on the other show. Like that's my 
least preferred way of doing business. <laughs> but then when I look at the individual factions, I'm, I'm like, I'm totally okay with Hit Row, obviously. Right. I'm totally okay with The Way, obviously. obviously. Robert Stonebrand, give it to me all day long. Uh, <laughs> I, so actually the reality is I like all the factions, but it just... It gives me the, the, the anxieties. It gives me the, like, oopsies. What are we doing with this? Where are we going with all the all the factions, baby? Yeah, uh, it does become but, gang know, warfare after a while. We only have time for that once a year. Uh, and it's in November at War Games. So <laughs> it's too soon. It's too soon. Yeah, even better Survivor Series. Like, that's the only time when we can get the verses. Right? Exactly. Was there anything else from NXT that you could think of that really stood out for you this week? Or I thought it was a fun episode. I won't lie. It's Pride Month. Mm-hmm. And as a good ally, I may have stood up and screamed when Jake Atlas came to Mercedes Martinez's uh, assistance and offered to team up with her against Boa and Zia Lee. Uh, and I, I may have done a small dance of gay pride uh, for my NXT babies, and I was fucking delighted. That's going to be super fun. Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez, did yeah. I ever know I wanted them to be an intergender tag team? No. Do I need it now more than I need air? Possibly. Well, no. <laughs> but, like, kind of? I'm so excited about that, and I'm excited to see Boa in the ring. That's going to be fun. But, yeah, I thought it was a fun show. Uh, the Kushida Kyle O'Reilly match was just great. Yeah, dream match. They were not fucking kidding. I loved that match. Both so good. It just breaks my heart a little bit that they can't figure out the Kushida thing. I feel like every time he gets on a run where people start to care, and by yes. people I mean me, uh, they do something to stop me from caring about him. And you knew that Kyle O'Reilly was going to win this match from the beginning because it was a Mm non-title. So it was like, why would it be non-title unless he's going to fucking win? (laughs) And obviously now we see that the match was put together so Adam Cole could attack Kyle O'Reilly, so Diamond Mine could attack Kushida. It furthers both stories. It takes everyone off in great directions. But I just want to see that man win some matches outside of 205. Like... When you get him going, when you get the crowd behind him, like when he was in the tournament, Mm. everyone is so excited for him. But I do feel like they Cesaro him a little bit. And I mean Cesaro of old, not Cesaro of now, where they're like, we can heat him back up. So we'll just like send him out to be great, but have him beaten. So every time he gets beat, it means something because he's great. But you keep beating him. Like, stop beating him. And then he (laughs) He becomes Dolph. Yes, and that's no one wants to be Dolph, not even Dolph. So I'm just and like definitely not his brother. Don't do what Dolph doesn't do. So <laughs> put that on a shirt and sell it. Loved seeing the women kick off. Really would have liked to see Shotzi like jump on Joe like a spider monkey. Yes, um, but you know I can't have everything. You can't have everything all the time. I loved watching them beat the shit out of security. <laughs> so great. Like just, Jeff was like, why don't they hit them back? I'm like, because they're women. You, <laughs> you just take I it. respect the fact that you were like, if she was hitting me, I'm like, no, I know, but you, they're women, so they can't. But they can hit them because this is the world we live in. But I, yeah, I really did want to see Shotzi just like jump on Joe and Spider Monkey and have him be like, just just no. Put it, calm it down, Shotzi. I he's just standing there like a statue. Yeah, he would just take it because he's a great guy. He's a wonderful man. <laughs> I've chosen to believe this. Apart from how he tried to pretend that he was the father of AJ Styles' children, uh, I I think he's a great guy. <laughs> he's a stand-up fella. 
that section aside, aside from the fact that we had all of the Wendy. <laughs> I mean, he was very respectful of Wendy. It's like he was very polite to her when he showed up at her house. That the woof. I'm trying to remember that storyline. I think I blocked it out. Uh, I just remember the time he was just at the house and I was like, oh, that's not ideal. But like, you know, he didn't go in. He didn't stone cold it. He didn't smash the door down. That's true. He just (laughs) kind of stood there like a big creeper. Yeah, Um, you have to remember in wrestling, everything's on a curve. Everything (laughs) is on a curve. By wrestling standards, Samojo, stand-up guy. Do we want to talk about Nikki Cross? You know, I I saw the outpouring of... um, feelings let's call it feelings yeah this is a happy pod about nikki cross's gimmick and i get it and the first time i saw it was you directed my attention to it in the group chat and as soon as you said it i went to www.com on twitter and i was like oh no i know what has upset danielle and you <laughs> you were right but now having seen her response that this is something she wanted yeah. that came from her i'm like you know what like let her let her do it. She kept her job. She survived the cull. Yeah. That's no mean feat for mm-hmm. a Nikki Cross. That is no mean feat. Uh, she obviously ran it by creative. They're obviously behind it. She spent some money on it. The gear looks expensive. It looks great. If she can get this over, I, I'm pumped for her. Like, I want this for her so badly. Yeah, I think it landed the way it landed for me because, like, all it is is she got a promo about how, like, everyone has a spark in them and this is about her embracing the spark in her. And I guess I just wish that it would have been unveiled with a little more pomp and circumstance than just like a promo. Yeah. And I think that's how why great it would it have been with videos with vignettes. Like how great would it be yes. if we saw her like donning the the cape, like putting on her mask, do it all in silhouette, do it all in like shadows, make it Batman-y, make it like superhero-y. But it was just like, hi, I'm a superhero now. And it's like, oh, uh, you could have, Three minutes, three minutes over three weeks, one minute, 30 seconds a week. And you could have had something thrilling here. She's gone from being a member of Sanity to be a superhero. That's an arc. As an individual, as a wrestling fan, I'm like, not for me. But as a supporter of Nikki Cross, I want to give it time. uh, And I want to see what they let her do with it. I mean, I'm just sick of them giving women gimmicks and then it going away. Like, I mean, hi, Carmella, What, what are you up to? Where you at, babes? What yeah. are you doing? And at least it isn't another like, oh, she's an Instagram model because I feel like they kept trying to like fill that Eva Marie space and yeah. it just never quite worked. <laughs> to the point where they had to bring Eva Marie back. <laughs> it's like, we tried so hard to replace you, woman who literally cannot wrestle. Uh, so we're just bringing you back. But she came back with Piper. So I, I refuse to acknowledge Piper's new name. Oh, gosh. Um, can we just agree it's a Grogu situation and we're just not doing it? No, Piper is Piper. Uh, Baby yeah. Yoda is Baby Yoda forever. Baby. Piper there is Piper go. forever. Maybe Viper. I might allow Viper, but definitely yeah, I would not. allow Viper. Absolutely Viper. Absolutely Piper. Give her her full given name if we must. We can go with full Piper Niven, but I will not. I will not use that name on this part. That's all I have to say. That name is Dewdrop and that will be the last time we <laughs> until, until Pod Dad gets back. <laughs> If you've got any thoughts on all the things we've talked about, find us on the social channels in our show notes. When we come back, it's time to look at the championship reign of the Scottish psychopath. Scottish psychopath. Say that three times fast. Scottish psychopath. Scottish psychopath. Nope. That's next on Tights and Fights. (laughs) Proved your own point. Well done. (laughs) 
Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about uh, this... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. And okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Danielle Radford and I'm joined today by... Lindsay Kelk. Hello. This week we're going to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to run. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Holy shit. Oh, it's live, pal. That is a full 10 seconds now. I just counted. <laughs> Wherever Pod Dad is, I hope he heard that. That was for Pod Dad. Let's get it to 30. I'm ready. So Drew McIntyre's title reign was the culmination of a decades-long journey, and yet his time at the top came under probably the worst circumstances that any champion has had to endure. So we're going to look back at his career so far now that it looks like his time in the main event is over for now. Um, so just to start us off, Kelk, what do you think about Drew McIntyre and the work that he's done over the years? Were you Did you know a lot about him before he came back? You know, it's been a real journey, hasn't it? Um, he is someone who has been on a real ride. And if I'm being entirely honest, because it's really hard for me to be honest about things that I was wrong about, because I'm me, and I hate being wrong about stuff and subsequently admitting <laughs> it, but I never liked Drew McIntyre in his first run. Uh, I didn't enjoy his origin story as Mr. McMahon's chosen one. I didn't enjoy didn't even really enjoy 3MB that much. Like I enjoyed it at the beginning, but it was one of those things where it very quickly became like, oh no. <laughs> and then I did see some of his work on the indies when he was Drew Galloway, which is arguably a better name and also his yeah. actual name, yeah. <laughs> which is the madness of it. I actually got to see his last, well, one of his last appearances, which was in Orlando at the WWN Super Show. And then he literally was on at the very beginning and scooted out. And everyone in the audience was like, what? He's the champion. And he just scooted. Like he got his ass kicked by Keith Lee and then just scoots. And it's because he had to get over to take over to appear in the audience. <laughs> and then Twitter was going wild. And everyone in the audience was like, oh, okay. Uh, so I, I, I did enjoy his work more on the indies. I thought it was great. It did seem to light a fire in him. Uh, so when he came back, I was super pumped. I, he, I went from someone who left and I really didn't care to someone who came back and I was thrilled. Yeah, I followed much of the same journey as you. Like I didn't really, I wasn't really watching in 2008. I don't think I started watching again until Pipe Bomb. And even then it was just like a little bit. And then I started really watching in about 2014-ish. Uh, so I missed that whole thing. And then yeah, three-man band was fun at first and then they just kind of stretched it out to the point where it was no longer really like a fun gimmick it just went way way too long and they didn't do anything with it and it's like yeah we get it like whatever air guitar that's great when people think rock stars they think pathetic scrawny toothpicks let's take bono if his life was on the line 
I guarantee you he could not do one deadlift. That's beautiful, man. It was also one of those that felt, it just felt sad. And I know Vince loves to humiliate people, um, but it, it, that doesn't do it for me as a fan. It was the same as um, the the B list, you know, uh, Curtis Axel and and you've, and Bo. It it doesn't work for me when we make fun of people for sucking because they don't yeah. suck. They just don't have a story, and it's like you then paint them as losers. And how do you ever bring them back? Even if you give them the redemption arc where they suddenly do well, it's still a loser doing well instead yeah. of just someone being excellent. And everyone involved in both of those angles was great. So that leaves a sour taste. It's like cringe comedy. I'm like, it's not for me. I don't like the stuff that oh. makes me feel bad about a person. Yes. To laugh at them, to then go like, oh, good for them. Like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, it doesn't feel like an underdog. It just feels like, oh, we're going to give them one. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And it's one of those things where when those angles happen, you can feel the wheels turning like as it's happening. And that's never like a great thing. All right, so let's go through. We're going to go through a little bit piece by piece. Uh, so we talked about Drew immediately got the spotlight in his SmackDown debut in 2008 when he was billed as Mr. McMahon's chosen one. This man, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a future world heavyweight champion with that in mind allow me to introduce you from scotland here is drew mcintyre he quickly won the ic title and came out to this amazing music according to julian i love it so much this was more over than he was for me <laughs> i'm like evanescence and i and yes. i'm not here for it I'm gonna start singing Bring Me to Life. Well, because the coolest thing about that, I thought, was that they... Please go, tell now, me. go and watch, like, what his entrance was at the time. Like, if you look yes. at the way that, that the Titantron was done, it was done, uh, like, Drew was kind of, like, floating in with, like, this really sketchy, like, old film style. They would, like, transition from that, like, his face to transition right onto him as he was coming out. It was a really, really yeah. cool effect. It was a well-thought-out entrance. It was it was music that was from a darker period of my my life. I went to university when Papa Roach was very big. Uh, and that that haunt, that will haunt me throughout the rest of my life. I had roommates who really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed some whatever the fuck that was. Uh, so you just thanks for triggering that Julian. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely who did that cover of Turn the Page that kind of that definitely reminded me of that. Sounds like you're dreaming some broken dreams there. You just got to make them come well, true. One of our listeners, Lan, said that he asked Drew about this music at an access signing, and Drew says he misses it every day. Aw, he could listen to it at home. He yeah, could, he could recreate work out his that. entrance with his kitty. His get-pumped music. <laughs> um, ooh, this is a fun fact. His double underhook DDT finisher was originally called the Scott Drop before they wisely changed it to the Future Shock. <laughs> It just sounds like something you would get if you were in Glasgow and ate too many deep fried Mars bars, doesn't it? <laughs> it was like, oh, I've got a case of the Scott drops. Um, like, I, I, need some, I need some iron brew to replace those electrolytes because I've got a case of the Scott drops. Oh, yeah. Um, it sounds like that or it sounds like a dance from the 90s by like Quad City <laughs> DJs. 
nice. Oh, it's yeah. I think it's it was smart to change it. I appreciate them trying to acknowledge the country he is from. You've already called him Drew McIntyre. I don't think you need to reinforce it any harder. I think it's okay. Or if you are going to re- reinforce it harder, do it with a kilt and a sword. Kilt and a sword. Um, and of course, as stars rise, they will fall. So Drew eventually moved out of this and into a faction with Jinder Mahal and Heath Slater as the 3MB for short, three-man band for long, for too long, for way too fucking long. <laughs> oh, it just, yeah, we've covered it. It just felt sad. I saw Heath Slater on the streets of New Orleans uh, for WrestleMania 30 and people were just doing the bit at him and he was delighted. Aww. And I just kind of wanted to go over and be like, the tears of a clown are the saddest tears. You know, I really <laughs> wanted to be like, if you're not enjoying this, blink twice. Like, if you want me to tell these men to leave you alone, I will I will ask them politely. Um, but it was New Orleans and, and, and they wouldn't. But, you know, I would have mm. done it for him. But Lindsay, he is Pagliacci. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Uh, and he does have kids. So uh, there was that. Uh, but yeah, it was. this was not my favorite use of Drew. I don't think Drew is a natural comic talent. Mm. And that's not to say he's not a natural face. Like, I think he makes a great face and he makes a great heroic face. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to see a great big strapping Scotsman wearing a headband and doing air guitar I, I don't want to see it. It's not what you do with him. It's not what you do with him. Didn't want to see a man lose his job, but also didn't want to see him doing that job anymore either. Yeah, it's a little bit of a little bit of a letdown when you look at him and you look at his talent. <clears throat> so then after years abroad, Drew came back to WWE in 2017. He won the NXT title pretty quickly, but just as quickly he made his debut on Raw where he has been ever since. So let's get into his run in the main event. He beat Brock Lesnar for the title in an empty performance center at WrestleMania just as the lockdown began. Um, Despite that, WWE committed to him being champion for almost the entire year. I agree with what we said up top. This is probably one of the hardest times to be a top guy. There's no audience, you're performing to screens. Um, and then just <laughs> life, just the pandemic of it all, um, you know, which we're still not out of, um, completely, even though sometimes it, like people still talk about post pandemic, we're not completely out of it, y'all. <laughs> Lol. We're so not though. It breaks my heart for him a little bit. And I say that with the utmost respect for the job he has done. I think he has done amazing work. He is someone who showed up to every show, whether it was Raw Mm. or a pay-per-view, and you could tell he was giving absolutely everything he had. Uh, He, there's just like an element to him that's not that he wants to prove himself. That's the wrong, that's not the vibe I get because I think he has proven himself, but I think Mm. he wants to create something great i genuinely get the vibe of him that he's not there because it's a job he's not there for Mm. a paycheck he is someone who is there to do something great um and i really respect that and i I wonder if he would have had that same drive if he hadn't left i mean there are there are a bunch of great interviews and resources on the network and all over the internets if you want to hear him talk about his story and he's you know very much said that being let go gave him a drive that he didn't have and i think being let go does one of two things to you right it either knocks you on your ass or it lights a fire in you Mm -hmm. and he has that fire in him but to sustain that fire throughout a whole year 
of lockdown wrestling. Yes. And to always fight and to always do your best and to always bring it no matter where they put you or what they give you. Did you see his body at the end of the cell match? Did you see him? That man literally puts his body on the line for what he does. Uh, And I just have a tremendous amount of respect for him. It breaks my heart. The thing that breaks my heart is that he isn't going to get to carry the championship with the crowd. And as much as I enjoy Bobby Lashley, I kind of wanted Drew to get this. And even just if he just held it for like a minute, yeah, just give him a couple of live shows. And I know they have mania, but it was pandemic mania still, you know? Yep. And it was rain off mania. It was rain delay mania. <laughs> We're again MVP Drew, like holding it together when we had the rain delay and he had to come out and do a random promo that he was not expecting. And it was like vamp for seven minutes, Drew. And he was like, oh. will do. Uh, you and know, he did he can great. Just do stuff. He did great. He brings the Outlander slash Braveheart romance fantasy champion of our dreams yes. energy to everything he does. And I just would have loved to have seen it with the crowd. I would have loved to see him with the title at SummerSlam just to give him that moment. Because does he ever get it back now? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like, I really, like, I Bobby Lashley is great, but it is always going to be such a bummer that he didn't get to have his championship run where at least there was a crowd and he's not performing to a set of screens. That's always going to be a bummer. So we did ask our listeners about Drew, and most people seem pretty on board with his time at the top, even though they are ready for a break from him. Carrie on Facebook said her heart broke for anyone who finished creating, slash cultivating anything right before the pandemic, just to have that sense of accomplishment squashed. It wasn't fair. And that she'd like to see him cuddle her kitty. Uh, I also would like to see him <laughs> cuddle all kitties. If there, if we could just lay him down and just throw our cats or, or gently place our cats atop of him. If you go to our Instagram, you can see a photo of him nose to nose with a kitty. Oh. Uh, and I recommend that as just a daily uh, digital check-in for a self-care moment just go do it go do it right right now we'll still be here we're waiting unless you're driving don't do it if you're driving yeah don't do it if if you're not driving go to our instagram at tights fights right now and uh just give yourself that treat here we'll wait now see wasn't that worth it let us know what you thought about drew mcintyre on all of our social media networks via the links in our show notes when we come back we have got three things from the world of wrestling that you should know about that's up next on tights and fights Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And we're the hosts of Round Springfield. Round Springfield is a Simpsons adjacent podcast where we talk to Simpsons folks about non-Simpsons things. That's right. So in the past, we've gotten to talk to legendary showrunners and writers like Al Jean, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, Dana Gould, Mike Reese, and David X. Cohen. Voice actors like Maurice LaMarche, Maggie Roswell, and Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson. So we've been away (laughs) securing guests for our final five episodes, and we are super excited about them. We're going to talk to Mike Scully, Jeff and Samantha Martin, Jeff Westbrook. Guys, our final episode, we got to interview Matt Groening. We are so excited to share these final recordings. So check out our new episodes of Round Springfield starting June 21st. On Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Danielle Radford and I'm joined today by Lindsay Kelk. This week we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. 
All right, motherfuckers. So there is a new writer on the SmackDown team. I believe she is on SmackDown name. I believe it's Kenise Mobley. Correct, um, yes. Kenise Mobley has been getting some shit because Kenise Mobley was hired even though Ms. Mobley does not know a lot about wrestling, which the people who hired her fucking know. They know that she didn't, that she didn't know a lot about wrestling. And so she went on a podcast, the Asian Not Asian podcast, And she said, they did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing. And they're like, perfect, come on in. Oh, she's on the Raw team. So so she had just started. I don't even know if she's in the room yet. And she was still learning the names of like the champions. She mixed up. She said she couldn't remember if it was Bobby Lashley or Bobby Ashley or Ashley, whatever. I want to put her over because she has gotten a lot of shit this week, even though she is doing exactly her job and exactly what she was hired for. Take your shit out on the people who hired her. Leave her the fuck alone. Um, she is doing exactly, and I think it's good to have a breath of fresh air and to, to bring people in who don't necessarily, who aren't beholden, who haven't been, you know, she's She's not booking, y'all. She's not going to be taking away. Like, you can't blame everything that happens here on her. And I feel like that's going to happen. And we know how they do their writers anyway. So who knows if she'll even still be there in like three months or a year. Like, we know how they do their writers. We've had writers on. We know how this works. We all know. So I'm putting her over because she was hired to do a job. She is doing exactly what her job is. They knew that she didn't know a lot about wrestling and she is learning. And I believe that she will be an asset. If she she is a comedy writer, I've seen people who, cause you know, I do comedy writing, people who know her and say that she's very talented. So I am putting her over. You go on and do your fucking thing, girl. And that is it for me. Lindsay. <laughs> I was because um, I was about to get real ranty, Lindsay. No, what would you well, like to put I, let's let's give that rant a chance because what I've chosen to put over this week were the people who did not pile on Kenise Mobley on social media, uh, because yeah, I feel much the same as you. This was something I felt felt I got in my feelings about this. I may or may not have shouted at Jeff, who had no part in it, uh, <laughs> but I really went off when I found out about this. I think there are two issues at hand, and I saw people talking about this and. To an extent, I agree with the first statement, which there are two issues. A writer on a show uh, mispronounced or misspoke on the name of one of the characters' names on the show. So like, imagine it's a soap opera and you just joined a soap opera and it's got a 50-year history and there's a thousand characters on that soap opera and maybe you're not even writing the storyline of that actor and you forgot their character's name. That's a sucky, annoying brain fart moment, but it's not something that you're going to get destroyed for. But then I'm like, you know, fandoms are fandoms. They're going to go off. That's what they do. The problem here is wrestling has some not great fans. Yeah. Like, I know, I know. Sit down because this is news <laughs> to all of us. Because we're all great. If you are listening to this podcast, I already know you're a good person. So this is going to be a shock to you. But that's why I'm putting you over. Because the people who decided to attack Kenise Mobley on social media didn't just say like, oh, I'm annoyed that this lady didn't know the name of the character from my favorite show. They were misogynists. They were racist. Mm -hmm. They were the worst kind of assholes. And really, I should be putting them over for showing me who to block. Because these are voices I do not want in my wrestling. These are people whose opinions do not matter to me because they are not the kind of opinions of humans that I care to have in my world, be it real or online. Um... It really, really, really pissed me off because 
it was just another moment where it was like, you don't belong here, lady. Yep. Uh, and I'm a white lady, so I'm at least generally allowed in the room to be insulted. <laughs> I mean, she's a woman of color. It's shocking to me that they even let her in the room. And what did we do? What did wrestling do the second she walked in and made a, an oopsie? Uh, you just tried to destroy her. You tried to take away a woman's career. You tried to just undermine her. Fuck you. Can't say it loud enough. Uh, and to all of the wrestling journalists and people who are in positions of influence who ganged in on this, who piled on, double fuck you. Because I know a lot of wrestling journalists are sad that they're not in the room making the decisions. And why does this lady get to do it when I don't get to do it? This is why. Because she suck. Uh, and she's great and talented. And if she leaves or loses her job and we don't get to see what incredible things she could have done because of a bunch of assholes woof like i will go full donny on every single one of those people i will <laughs> i will find out where they live i will knock on their door and i will give them a stern talking to if not their mothers also uh because it's not how you were raised and i don't want to see this so i'm putting over everyone that gave Kenise Mobley a moment of grace and said she's new at this job and she's doing an interview and you know you forget things and it wasn't Yay even like she people. went on a wrestling podcast they act like she went on a wrestling podcast I and know. was like fuck wrestling wrestling is so fucking stupid I'm gonna shit on all of your favorite people you know what don't make me get the ACLU involved like she's allowed <laughs> even if she did say fuck wrestling and said it outside the workplace she's allowed to she's allowed to she got hired for that job she didn't she didn't do that and she like you said she got hired they know who she is they saw her resume she interviewed it's not an easy process to get a job at the WWE they see something in her that they want and quite frankly they need yes and the idea that the fandom would just be like fuck this bitch like ugh Ugh, that's all I have to say. Ugh. I hope that's someone's fetish because I'm going to keep doing it. Like, ugh. Just, <laughs> furious about the whole thing. Anti-ASMR. <laughs> Literally. All right, Julian. We've gotten we've gotten it off of our chests. We're very we're very happy about that. But we need a full count still. So, Julian, what do you have to give us that way we get our full 3 in? Let's hear Drew McIntyre's music one no. Um <laughs> 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 I needed that. Thank you. All right. So as you're, uh, you just had your shot, let's have your chaser. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, Booker T in one of the worst moments, uh, in my opinion, of his career. Um, you know what? Booker T has also had some great moments in his career, including what I think is one of the greatest things in wrestling. And I can't believe more people haven't ever done this. This actually happened in TNA. Um, Booker T was part of like the main heel. I think the part of the big heel faction at the time. And so he's on commentary with Kevin Nash. And as the good guys are in the ring, some of Booker T's uh, other uh, faction members come running out to the ring to break up the match and beat people up. And while Booker is on commentary, this is what he does. Oh, hell. Look, it looks like Booker T's coming up. Booker T's trying to get up from the back. Booker T's beating up everybody in the ring. Boom! Booker T just got on the big shot and shot. Boom! Booker T would have picked up the big shot and shot. Boom! Big Booker T. Booker T just pulled Creed up. Booker T is pulling Creed up right now. He's going to hit him with that big thrust kick. Oh! Booker T Relentless. just called Creed with that big thrust kick. What the hell is going on? There's a lot of mayhem out here. They look at Pee Wee's. 
So yeah, he he provided commentary for his own run-in. That's amazing. That's oh, that's the amazing. greatest thing in the world. I, I almost did a spit take. I almost did a spit take. It was so great. It's so good. I, I I can't believe nobody's done that since then, but maybe it's because he did it so well that nobody wants to do it again. Yeah, that's great. I love that. All right, so that does that for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelp along with me, Danielle Radford. All right, anything you want the audience to know about? Lindsay? Oh, books. Um, I don't know if anyone's tired of hearing me mention this yet. Uh, the apron is the hardest part of the ring, and I got <laughs> books. And I would love for you to read them. You can get them from your library. You can download them to your device. You can buy them from all good bookshops. Um, we, If you're in the UK, we just dropped the cover. That's what the kids say. We dropped the cover uh, for my upcoming title uh, this week. So you can go to my social media at Lindsay Kelton and see the sparkly front cover of my first ever hardback, Woo! which means I'm a proper real grown-up writer now, like a proper grown-up lady, because I hit 40 and they were like, better put her in hardback. We don't know how much longer we have her uh, before the <laughs> industry decides she's irrelevant. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting. Um, check out books. Come say hi on social media at Lindsay Kelk. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. Come say hello. Uh, and see, that's a good drop, not a Scott drop. For me, I put out a comic book. It's uh, uh, Gretzko. The cartoon has its own book. This one is, I believe, Agretzko Meet Her World number three. Yes, there is wrestling. Yes, there are corgis. So I wrote it, and if you want to check it out, uh, go for it. And if you like it, let me know. And if you don't, um, don't. <laughs> How could we not? It's everything we love it's about Gretzko and about Radford. Oh, thank you. Julian, did you have anything for, for us today? Uh, you can go listen to the other shows that I uh, work on on the Max Fun Network. You can go listen to uh, the JV Club with Janet Varney. Why not go back into the archives and find the episodes that Danielle and Hal and Lindsay have all been on all across that show. So those will be very good. You can also go listen to Go Fact Yourself. Uh, you can go hear Hal Lublin on there. And I am still bucking to get uh, Danielle and Lindsay on that show one of these days so they can answer some fun trivia about things that uh, aren't wrestling. Um, so go listen to those. They're great shows and I really love working on them. Awesome. And he also woke up and chose leg day. Is that right, Julian? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Big mistake. That's right. But I'm proud of it. Does doesn't skip, doesn't skip leg day. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. And if you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all of your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. If you want to join them, remember the link is maximumfun.org join. Support Tights and Fights and earn great gifts in the process. We'll be back next week for more. You guessed it, wrestling. Tyson Fights Podcast Tyson Fights MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported